from the PSIA, AASI, very mobile studios at Eldora Mountain Resort. We're here with Tim Kenny, who is the PSIA Rocky Mountain Education and Events, and events Manager. <laughs> so how is education and events? How are those combined? Sure, yeah, well, um, you know, as you know, PSIA is kind of the, the, the clearinghouse and uh, the base of all the education uh, for instructors uh, nationwide and of course we have to deliver that education somehow and there there's your events right and uh, and we also like to use the word programming right because it's not just an event um, it's all the programs that we have uh, to deliver all that education and the reason I wanted to get into that is because your job seems like it must have been crazy this year yes yeah to say the least yeah I don't how did you even put a calendar together because you didn't know anything really going into the season about are resorts going to have different limits for guests? Uh, where can people meet inside, outside? How are you going to find space? And I'm going to shut up so you can talk. <laughs> yeah, well, I didn't create a calendar. I ended up creating four calendars. Oh, okay. Yeah, <laughs> And, um, you know, in the spring, we were kind of observing what school districts were doing and what some of the cities and towns were doing in, in terms of like a, a phased approach to an opening and uh, especially looking at schools and seeing that you know they also didn't know what was going to happen in the fall and so they would lay out a best case scenario and uh, something in the middle and then a worst case scenario and so we kind of took that uh, nod and we went in that direction and we created you know best case which is just our normal calendar and we kind of started with that um, and then we had two in the middle, kind of scaling things back and removing a lot of our, our indoor meetings and things like that. And then into the worst case was uh, trying to look at what could we do by moving, you know, almost entirely online and doing remote um, or even just in-house, you know, because our staff are scattered all over the state. Um, and so we figured, well, if the resorts were open to some capacity, we could maybe just you know scale things back so you work with the examiners and ed staff you have on your particular staff now not every school has that so i think we we lucked out and we sort of fell somewhere in the middle um, and we do have staff traveling now but we have really localized a lot of uh, the training that's going on and our traveling event program which is where schools can request any event from our programming uh, to be delivered at their school and for their school and for their staff um, that has just blown up this year and i think that's kind of in part to people not wanting to travel and you, you can't blame them uh, you know most of us don't want to travel too far so delivering a lot of this in-house getting people the education they need um, and trying to present the least amount of risk so yeah long story short we had four different calendars and uh, we just sort of sat on them, right? We just sort of had to sit and wait. And I think it was in maybe October that we finally were able to get some feedback from the resorts uh, and know that they were gonna open. And we communicated quite often with the ski school directors and the uh, area managers to figure out how we could then operate our programming with their own protocol. Because every resort currently has just something slightly different. Um, and if you attend an in-person uh, Rocky Mountain event this year, you know, you'll notice some resorts, we have our normal uh, nine to one, you know, ratio for clinics. Uh, other resorts were scaled down uh, six to one, just based on their local protocol. 
Um, and then even in New Mexico, we've been doing four to one because that's the New Mexico um, rule. So, and I wanted to ask about New Mexico because what was that like? I mean, they were shut down for a little while. I think all the resorts, if I'm not mistaken. Right. Yeah. New Mexico has some of the most strict uh, COVID regulations uh, nationwide. I think them in Vermont are, are some of the most strict. And they currently still have a quarantine order. If you're going to enter the state from out of state, you need to quarantine for 14 days before going out in public. Now, we only have a handful of Alpine examiners and ed staff in New Mexico. So unfortunately, we currently are only operating our Alpine events down there. So we're hoping New Mexico loosens up. I mean, hopefully in the spring, more vaccines issued, maybe the numbers look better. I mean, it's gonna be up to New Mexico to decide, but if, if they open that floodgate and say, hey, we're gonna get rid of the quarantine order, or at one point they, they had, uh, if you could present a negative test result, then you don't have to quarantine. If we can get somewhere close to that, we could open the floodgates and start sending kids ed staff and snowboard ed staff, telly, whatever we need to down there, because uh, we don't want those members to miss out. And it's, it's unfortunate, but it's, it's what we have to do this season just to uh, you know, operate within the regulations that we've got. Yeah, I know a number of our instructors are going down to Santa Fe for a level one assessment and the quarantine came up and I know they're checking to see, yeah. are we gonna have to quarantine if we go down? Yeah, uh, it's funny, I, as I was clinicking today, I, I, I heard someone say, hey, I'm going to Santa Fe. And I was like, do you understand? And totally, you know, and it's up, it's up to the candidates and the members to know where they're going and what, what they need to do. Um, but yeah, she said she had a plan to quarantine. Um, I think she's got family down there. Yeah. so. You know, I, I think for some folks, they can figure it out, and that, that's great, yeah. yeah. It sounds like you're sharing a lot of information between resorts and everything. In a way, has this kind of been good for divisions? Are you guys talking and seeing what other, you know, what's Eastern doing, what's Central doing, yeah. and learning from each other and how to handle this? Yeah, well, you know, back to that traveling programming concept, um, from what I understand, Western is operating almost entirely in, in that uh, arena so they don't have a calendar of events they just wait for the school to present um, you know a clinic offering and say hey we've got this many people and can we get education staff to make it happen and then they start putting it together so they're they're still uh, delivering the programming and the education but it's kind of done a little bit more on the fly the one thing I can say uh, between all the divisions and some of the sharing that's going on is every divisions presenting webinars now and that the sharing that's going on there is awesome. And the great thing is, is that all you have to do is pay attention to the time zone of the webinar and the world is your oyster. Um, and, and that's kind of one of the, the little silver linings we got this year. And I've talked to a lot of Rocky Mountain members uh, that are signed up for central webinars, Eastern webinars, Western, Northwestern. And so the training um, spectrum is kind of opened and they're hearing, members are starting to hear you know, voices from different areas of the country uh, delivering familiar, you know, products. Um, and, and so it's, it's great. And then, you know, at the executive level, they've figured out some kind of revenue share. So that way, you know, if a Rocky member attends an Eastern event, we've got some way to figure out who's getting the money and, and all that stuff. But either way, the member doesn't have to worry about that. They just take a look at that webinar calendar, pick the event that works for them and, and go with it. So that, that's great. And it's fun going with different trainers. I mean, 
Northwest for a long time, really got to know everyone on the staff. Um, Rocky, getting to know everybody here. And then at Symposium, two years ago, I think, uh, we had trainers from a number of different divisions, and it was really fun to go out with them. Yeah, yeah, and I on think... On the snow. On the snow, yeah, I know, right, in person. Yeah, you know, and, and I think with a lot of the national uh, divisions and working with their three Cs, right, and um, what's one of the Cs, right, where they're trying to bring bring the like the cohesion together i don't think that's the c but <laughs> you know that is a c um but but yeah i think especially with the rollout next season of uh new standards you're gonna see i think a lot more of the uh interdivisional um sharing and and we do have a, a pretty robust examiner exchange program that this season has definitely been scaled back because we want to scale back some of that travel. Um, but next season, if things go back to normal, we're going to open that back up. And, and, you know, even in the past at a Rocky event, uh, especially some of our big assessments, if you're at a level two or a level three, you might see your paired examiner staff, one examiner from Central, one from Rocky, or one from Eastern, one from Rocky. And the idea there was to, to share in the process and, um, we would also send our staff over to other divisions to also, you know, execute some exams and see how the other divisions were doing it. And that just kind of helps us align uh, in terms of standards. So this season we scaled that back just because of the, the, the travel restrictions and things like that. But I think next season we'll see that come back open. I'm really sorry, Tim. You said the three C's and the only C words I could think of were COVID and coronavirus. <laughs> <laughs> well, we have Corona chair here at Eldora. That's another C. Yeah. So, I mean, we've got an assessment coming up, a uh, performance skiing clinic. Uh, there's a lot about this season that, yes, it's different, but there's a lot of things that are really the same. And one of those things, I think, is enthusiasm for learning and being out on the snow. How has participation been overall this season? Yeah, so I, I think you're right. And if, if anybody here listening has been on snow, and I know some people are taking the whole season off, but anybody that has been on snow, I tell you, once you get the wind in your face, you, you know, you unload at the top of the chair, everything kind of goes back to normal once you're moving downhill. And then that's the beauty of the sport and of the resilience of the industry, right? The, the resorts did not want to close completely. And, and we're really glad they didn't. Um, I think uh, participation is down this year. I think um, the schools have not hired as much as well this year. I think those two are obviously related. Um, you know, and, and, and for good reasons, some of the membership are taking an alternative route to get their education. Back to the webinars, you don't have to leave your home to get the 12 education credits you need every other season. You can uh, attend a six credit uh, e-learning course through Eastern and then do six one hour live webinars through Rocky Mountain and boom, you've got 12 credits and you don't need to leave your home. You don't need to travel to a resort. You don't need to put yourself at risk. Um, so overall, you know, what we're seeing on snow is that the, the stoke is obviously high. People are just so glad to be out there. People are um, adhering to all the policies, all the changes. And, and like I said, every resort's slightly different, but um, people are open to all this. And I think in Colorado, you know, we uh, started pretty early with, with masks. We started pretty early with distancing and it's not foreign. At this point, unfortunately, it feels normal to do that. Um, and so some of the things we had to shift in our programming was anything that would occur indoors, 
we had to change that immediately. And we went through a few iterations of it where at first we thought, oh, well, maybe we could have an iPad and, and do it on the hill one-on-one distanced. And then we, were, you know, we tried it and we had a nasty snow day and we're like, okay, that didn't work out so well. How can we change it again? And, and so you'll see um, CS1, CS2, uh, Alpine 2 and 3, Snowboard 2 and 3 have moved their movement analysis processes to Zoom. Uh, we had to transition in that direction just to keep uh, the, the standard there and to keep the evaluation accurate um, and to keep the experience on the candidate um, a positive one as well. So, so we did have to ship some of those operations, but everything else we're doing, uh, other than those numbers and those ratios, you know, once we get on snow, it's the same stuff. You know, you just have to talk louder and uh, deal with your fogged goggles. Um, and otherwise, I mean, that's, that's what we're doing in our jobs. And so that's what we're doing in our clinics as well. You know what's not normal are my tan lines. Yeah. The mask line, my brown eyes and bleached eyebrows. That, that's taken getting used to. Oh, yeah. The, the sunscreen companies are taking a hit this year. And I've also heard the deodorant companies are taking a hit since, you know, personal grooming goes out the window when you don't leave your house, naturally. <laughs> So Tim, anything you've picked up this year? I mean, obviously I, I can't imagine webinars are gonna cease uh, when things actually get much more normal again, but uh, things that you've learned that you're gonna carry over into next season that you're thinking, hey, I've got some exciting stuff coming up. Yeah, yeah, definitely the webinars. That's gonna be one of the silver linings. Um, you know, and it's, it's one of these things too, uh, where I'm sure folks have seen this at the resorts where certain changes were talked about but never executed. And then in the coronavirus world, it's like we, we had to execute certain things and it's moved us in a positive direction. I think folks have become more familiar with Zoom and webinars. Some MA processes might stay online. Uh, we'll have to wait and see. Uh, the beauty there is, you know, uh, a three-day event that you would have to travel out to, get three days of lodging and so forth, has shrunk to a two-day travel. Um, that's a, that could be a benefit for some folks uh, in terms of the cost and the expense and the time away from, from work. Um, I know snowboard committee really focused on doing their movement analysis assessments in the evenings so that way folks can work a full day um, and then show up you know, 6 p.m. or 7 p.m. for a, a 30 minute, 45 minute assessment. And, and get that done without losing any work. You know, and that's, that's something we hear from the members. You know, we understand that when you leave your work to come take an assessment, you're leaving money behind. You know? And so there's, there's a few silver linings there that we'll see continue. I think we'll have to wait and see. We all don't really know. I think that's the one thing we've learned is to be adaptable in the, the coronavirus world and don't plan too far out and ahead because things could change. Um, one thing folks should be aware of, you know, if you attend or you're signed up for a Rocky Mountain event, we have adjusted our cancellation policy. And if there's any kind of symptoms or exposure that a participant has had uh, as they get close to the event, notify the office uh, at any point before that event. No questions asked. We'll give you a full refund or switch to another event. Um, that was something, you know, we didn't do in the past because we had to manage numbers and, right. and manage our, our capacity and things like that. But this year, just due to safety, you know, it's a no questions asked uh, policy. And, and we have had a lot of people benefit from that. Um, unfortunately, it's because they were exposed. Um, not everyone, you know, tests positive, but still it's the safe thing to do. Um, so that's, a, you know, a net positive there. But, um, you know, one thing I saw at Steamboat that's interesting is, 
you know, the snowboard team over there, just the, the staff are starting to use new tools and equipment to teach their lessons. And, and you know, once again, there's, there's just some interesting things that have come out of this when we're trying to go contactless and, and we're in such a hands-on environment normally. So adapting and creating, you know, new uh, processes or skills to teach the same stuff we've taught in previous years, it's just interesting to see. And it'll be interesting to see if all of a sudden we go, why didn't we do this from the start? <laughs> you know, and, and snowboard, uh, you know, the school at Steamboat pulled in a lot of the tools that the adaptive snowboard team had used for years. And so it was just interesting to see how these different uh, groups that sort of operated parallel have now come into an intersection and are benefiting from each other. Tim, it's been wonderful having you here for a couple of days. I, you have a long drive home and there's some bad weather coming. So. Thankfully, there's some bad weather. We need it. <laughs> yeah, we I just don't want it to be too bad on your uh, drive home. Yeah, no, we'll, we'll make it there. Um, definitely, I got to send a thanks to Volkswagen because we're, we're, we're driving that Atlas today. And man, that thing sticks to the road. <laughs> Well, Tim Kenny, thanks so much for coming to Eldora, joining us, and uh, some great couple of days of training. Cool. Thanks, George. I was glad to be here and work with your team. They're always so pumped uh, and uh, to get some training and to work with them. Loved it. And the weather. Thanks for make, getting some good weather for me. Absolutely. I did my best. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> From the PSIA, AASI, very mobile studios at Eldora Mountain Resort, I'm George Thomas.